Okay. Okay, so hey guys, welcome to episode number 11. We're already in double digits time. It's like season two. I'm so happy. And here on Tree Park, I have another special, awesome, powerful, super high energy, good vibes, <laughs> thriving, nonstop pup. How you doing, nonstop? How's it going? Um, so you have like a lot of uh, fields. I want to say, like, if I even pull up your Twitter feed, <laughs> like you're you like I don't know how many things you have your paws into because it's it's like crazy. You're a thrive provider. I don't even know where, where, where to begin with that. Um, musician, your CEO. Yeah, I have a lot of jobs. I do a lot of things. Yeah, it's and. True. It's really hard to keep track of. So, like, when I see, like, your feed, you're always putting out so much, like, different content. I'm like, oh, my God, how does this guy survive? Um, but, but I guess that's the job of a Thrive provider. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, if you could give me and, like, everyone, like, maybe just, like, an inkling or, a, like, a little tease to, like, what you do, what you're about. Um, what is Nonstop Pup? Okay. Wow. What is Nonstop Pup? Well... Well, you're right. I do have a lot of jobs. Um, I am a professional recording artist. I've been doing music for a long time, mm -hmm. um, working with a lot of different record labels and stuff. Um, eventually, I got my degree in cognitive psychology. Um, oh, and I that's started working the... in therapy. So that's where that comes from. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people think that that's just like a cute like therapy dog kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I, like, I saw I'm actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a therapist. Wow. Um, and on top of that, um, I run my own clothing store, Nonstop Shop. I don't know if you've ever seen that, like all the designs and stuff I make. I do want to get into that later. Yeah, depressed but well-dressed. <laughs> yeah, so um, I design my own clothes. Uh, I sell it and ship it all pretty much myself. So that's where the CEO thing comes in. It's a mm -hmm. lot of work. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. Oh, and I'm, I manage a few artists too in the music industry. And, oh, uh, is that yada, like yada, yada. So, contract work or how does that work? Yeah. Um, well, just being in the music scene um, years ago and kind of working with a lot of like big DJs and whatnot. There were, I was always in a position where I kind of had to do everything myself. Like mm -hmm. I didn't really have very many people to to rely on or to help me so when i had some level of success um and i made some friends along the way who kind of were still behind in terms of having not broken out yet mm -hmm. i just kind of decided to i want to focus on helping them get the exposure and the guidance they needed was um, this so i like... kind of was this in like the DJ scene or like starting yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're a musician? I, I don't know where like the line kind of blends between musician and DJ or gig work. How does that kind of bleed together? Hmm. So just in general, a long time ago, you could make a living just DJing. Like that's just playing other people's music without writing your own. Mm. But the scene got so saturated and competitive that pretty much you can't. There's no way to, there's no way to viably succeed in the DJ scene without also being a musician in, in your own right. Is, is that so, to say like it's just so saturated because like everyone's doing it, or it's hard to just kind of stand out in that way? It's it's both. I mean, oh, okay. it's hard to. Th that's why writing your own music kind of brings your own draw because now 
you are performing as yourself as a musician so like when you go on stage like porter robinson for example you're going to hear porter robinson's music like yeah you, you're going there because he's an amazing talented songwriter whereas you're you know, listening just a club to... dj can yeah. just you don't even know who they are that you don't know what they're going to write or whatever so and even if it's like a remix or something, like when you introduce something new to the mix with your own content, you have your flavor and your brand that people could know you for. Right. Okay. Exactly. And so like now, so from the DJ scene though, like where does this kind of dip into the furry realm? Like, cause I did <laughs> see a couple of other videos on YouTube you have. I'm not sure if like it was run by any channel that you know of, um, but I did actually go to VLFC 2019 last year. And I think you were, were you DJing on the stage? Yeah, I DJed, I DJed, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I, I DJed my own main stage set, um, just my own music and stuff, uh, on, I think Saturday, but pool boy and I had something called nonstop show. Yeah. And, um, this happened because prior to the con, I wanted to host a panel and we applied for a panel we didn't really have an idea what we were doing we just wanted to do like some kind of comedy thing um but the con chair and the con staff like reached out to me and said hey instead of doing a panel how about you just we'll just give you a main stage show how about you two just just use the main stage and we'll give you an hour right after closing ceremonies Mm -hmm. uh and then we we're like holy fuck this is <laughs> we don't <laughs> know to do whatever doing, we'll figure like, it out yeah yeah so it turned into like a an improv comedy show it was it was a lot of fun um, we had like a lot of bits and games for the audience and stuff like that to do so yeah i caught a little whiff of that and like people were taping them up or something and yeah yeah like, te- we had um <laughs> <laughs> i had this idea to do a uh a duct tape dummy relay race oh that's what so, it was okay <laughs> yeah we cut the the crowd in half and gave them two like sets of duct tape and whichever team created the duct tape dummy first one mm-hmm. it was really it was really silly but it was a lot of fun does the um so like are you still like big in the DJ scene or in like, is it a, is it more of like a niche thing for you these days where it's like, maybe you host like small room parties or something or, or um, what's that life like? So as of the last couple years, I kind of took a step back out or away from the music industry. It got, it, it gets really competitive. It's, it's really stressful to maintain mm-hmm. uh, a high level of consistency and activity and you're always, it, for me at least, it always felt like I had to compete, not against like other people, but like against myself, because anytime you release something and it's successful, you're always thinking about whether how, or not that's going to be the last thing that you yeah. put out that's going to be good. And how do I top um, that for the next time? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I... So it got it got pretty heavy, um, but I decided to kind of recede a bit, focus on helping the couple of artists that I you know have under my wing to get there first because i've already kind of been there and done that um and then is it like uh kind of like also kind of reinvigorating you when you see them doing well i imagine yeah i mean i just want them to get the notoriety that i know they deserve of course of course um but before the last couple years yeah um i'm still in contact with a lot of these people and um i 
currently, I guess like if you're asking like big, I'll just say I have record signings on Grammy winning and nominated labels. Oof. And I've been on a headlining <laughs> tour a few times, last time being across Japan. So, Oh my gosh. Wow. That's, that's pretty high energy stuff. I mean, like, yeah, like kind of like how you mentioned the, the burnout must be crazy for that type of work once. Like, it's you... hard. It's real yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you get, you, you get like one label signing and then you just freak out, you know? Yeah. As people start hitting you up and you're like, oh fuck, like I have to, I'm going to have to impress them. You know, like I have to do this and do this and do this all the time. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. So, like, kind of, is this now for you, like, this little kind of cool-down period where you're kind of, like, gathering up, like, things to do for a new project? Or what What have you been kind of, like, aiming at recently? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I took, like, pretty much a year off, which is the worst thing to do ever for a music career. <laughs> but um, I took a year off, and I've been working on, I've been working a lot more heavily on my album I've never put out a full-length, story-driven album before as, like, a, a mature artist. Like, I've done that shit when I was, like, a teenager, and it didn't mean anything. You say but... story-driven. What is that? What does that kind of entail? Oh, I can't spoil it. Oh, shoot. But, um, okay. <laughs> it, I will Generally. say they're... Yeah, it's... um. It's, it's a collection. I would say, like, around 12 or 13 songs. And it kind of revolves around telling the story of this. Um, God, it sounds so cliche and free, but it is about <laughs> a dog character. Um, and uh, it's about finding the thin line between. How do I explain? Um, I think. Let me let me try to word this in the right way. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, no rush. Um, I think it's about it's about. Um, finding the beauty in loss and why mm. um, like you you only get to really appreciate certain things after you know you don't have them and sometimes mm. that makes losing them worth it because again like yeah I, I kind of understand where you're coming at with like the slight cliche thing the way well you're generally explaining it but do you think it's better to have loved than to have never loved at all? That kind of thing, and yeah, um, it's a little bit more. It's a little darker than that. It's it's more about like, uh, hmm, God, I don't know how 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 <laughs> deep I want to go in in this, but um, it's oh, man. maybe a bit of like melancholic or kind of yeah. There into... there there are happy moments, you know. Um, but it's generally pretty serious music, which I don't often get to do just because a lot of uh, a lot of my success came from like the the less serious kind of like party music. Oh, okay. So I'm imagining like this type of thing, although it's kind of new, it's like super meaningful to you. So it's yeah. Like, so it's been of... taking me fucking forever, and yeah, I really want to get through it. <laughs> you want to be very careful with it. No, I I totally get right. it because it's like your little brainchild, and that's mm -hmm. like as an artist too, I can really vibe with that. Right. Um, the thing is, like, do you also draw inspirations from like other, uh, particularly furry artists? Because I know Salt and Pepper Coyote is like another pretty um, famous uh, fur right. in that field. Um, so do you have any parallels with those other artists? Um, in the furry fandom, I I love. I'm a huge advocate for 
musician rights in the furry fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, like the whole comping badges thing, the whole, all of that stuff I've been very vocal about. Um, so I'm, I'm in touch with like a lot of furry musicians and I speak about them all the time. Um, I'm on phone calls with cons and shit of trying to like get them listened to because like, it seems like they don't get fucking listened to all the time. But in terms of inspiration, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think a lot of my inspiration comes from um, other artists I grew up listening to or um, kind of just my own environment or like my own uh, emotional state probably okay yeah so it's not necessarily like within the fandom that you're you're providing from the outside and that's what i kind of like i think the fandom fandom as a whole influences me yeah but not individuals from the fandom no i gotcha and yeah and you can yeah you're also throwing something new into the mix because you have your outside inspiration and i can i can really see like the the way you talk about like the whole like managing and getting into contact with a bunch of people that's your way of like being the promoter in a sense for a lot of different artists right um so i really appreciate that Uh, yeah i mean i just think if you have a platform and you're not using it to help other people you're kind of you're you're also kind of wasting it so you gotta yeah, all the boats it. rise with the water you know you have to like help help lift everyone up and then they can lift you too that's that's right. yeah that's exactly. really important and i think yeah it's often kind of underrated too um i don't know if like to get too into depth with that but like there's a lot of like sometimes um people may reach success and they may think that they didn't have a lot of help on the way and it can kind of get into that like i guess like that right. ego realm that i've seen a little bit before um but anyway uh stepping a bit from that uh during these kind of like kind of topical now to date this episode but like in these kind of crazy times um Mm -hmm. like with what we were just talking about a little before the show um being quarantined and whatnot Mm -hmm. um how did you get the idea for organizing like last year's mine con kind of (laughs) kind of dealer's room what was that about so (sighs) So, yeah, so that was called Nonstop World. Mm-hmm. It was a huge celebration, and it was kind of my personal love letter to the furry fandom. And not just the furry fandom as it is. It wasn't really only a party, although you can just attend and experience it as just a party. <laughs> yeah. But it was really a celebration of the influence of the furry fandom through history, community. And I was just, at the time, that started the development of that my planning of that started years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I had made like a very small version of it uh, with like maybe one or two people fucking three or four years ago, just talking about it. And it like was kind of this rough drafting that turned out really shitty. And then we decided to like, okay, let's like give this a real shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to, Um, I've been in the fandom for a fucking long time. I've been in the fandom for like say 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. So I've always had a really strong relationship with it and it was always a a place where I could learn more about myself. Um, Everything that I am now, I feel like I can attribute in some way to the growth and the influence from the people I've met through this community, like growing up queer, um, growing up as an artist, whatever. Um, So the influence that, and you know, back in the day, I don't know how long 
you've been in the fandom for, but um, if it's been a while, you remember there was no Twitter, there was no even FA, there was no PayPal. Like we were hiding on message boards around the internet, uh, not being able to find each other. And if we did, we'd like have to exchange MSN names and like there was no Telegram and (laughs) all this shit, (laughs) right? And then going from (laughs) that to like, being on vice and like buzzfeed and people loving us and being in music videos and like being an advertiser it's fucking crazy it's fucking insane so i just wanted to highlight the path we've come on not just because i think it's fucking sick Mm. but because i think it helps us it helps remind us that we've come a long fucking way and we fought for this for sure and we earned it and we deserve it and things are only going to get better from here so we sh- we got to keep doing what we're doing we have to keep being exactly who we are without yeah. any compromise and on that notion like without any other real person like kind of spearheading the community like there's no leader there's no it's not a cult right and, there's no president <laughs> of the furry fandom no no yeah. no and among all these other different kinds of like cultures subcultures uh, communities i've never really seen one age this way since I mean, I've only been in the fandom for like personally like three, three ongoing four years now, but right. I did uh, delve into like the history and look at those old like 1990s videos of cons and whatnot and right. seeing it mature into like It's these, crazy. Yeah. Like thick beans, dad bods everywhere. That's, <laughs> <laughs> like you just don't see that kind of thing anywhere else. And that's what, again, right. like you mentioned, um, I really uh, find that personally like uh, touching because I've discovered myself more as an adult going right. into my early adult life, um, like what I'm okay with, what sexuality I'm okay with identifying mm-hmm. as. And when you find like this kind of wealth or pool of like going to my first uh, fur meet, like locally here in Hawaii, you're like, whoa, like there's so many people that kind of understand where I'm coming from. And right. I don't think I've ever experienced that with any other, like I've been to anime conventions. I've been right. to like, you know, family parties, friends, family from high school. and But it, it mm-hmm. never had the same kind of vibe. How w- was your first kind of introduction into like, oh, I'm, I'm going to find <laughs> my first furry to meet in real life and oh, not just, fuck. you know. Or even online, well, how, my, how has um, that been? Holy fuck. It's like <laughs> fucking low-key embarrassing. When I, when I, <laughs> I was, oh my God. I was a, I was a teenager um, on the internet as we mm-hmm. all are. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just Googling some dumb shit like fucking oh, fuck. I don't even know how I found this shit, but I'm just going to say it. I just fucking was on Google images, came across some pictures that I know I know I shouldn't have been looking at for whatever reason, stumbled across them. I was like, wow, what the fuck is that? Holy <laughs> shit. What is that? Um, and of course, curiosity overtook me and then the Google image search turned into holy shit. There's a comic. Like what is this web comic? And mm-hmm. I, I was a huge fan of comics. Like I, I love comics. I never read too many of them just cause I didn't have access to them. But mm-hmm. whenever I did, I just loved, I love storytelling. So, um, found a comic online. I don't remember what the fuck it's called. It was really gay. And then <laughs> I, turns out there's a lot of people talking about it there's fucking hundreds of people on this website talking about how gay this comic is wow this is insane and then i made an account um which i shouldn't have done and Mm -hmm. you know i just kind of lurked for a while to try to figure out like what all this shit was because i've never i didn't have any exposure to 
seeing any of that before. I didn't know anybody around me who was queer. I was like, at that point in my life, you know, people were still like making jokes it, about fucking being gay and shit. So. Yeah, definitely. Like, I do kind of remember, like, not to interject too much, but like, mm-hmm. even growing up, where like I personally would just say, like, dude, that's freaking, that's gay or something. Like, it was just, kinda, oh yeah, for sure. It was just kind of the nomenclature, like, yeah. Um, it and now like this generation coming up is hella gay and it's super right. amazing. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just kind of lurked around. At that point, I found out that there was this thing called furry. I found a furry message board, made mm-hmm. an account there. I made like two friends. Like one of them really actually talked to me, and the other person I talked to on and off or whatever. And then we got pretty close, and it was nice. And then eventually. I went to my first furry con alone, and it was miserable. That was oh. my introduction <laughs> to the furry. What the happened? Furry well, um, well, where did the misery come from, actually? Well, fucking, um, when I got into furry, um, as a teenager, um, my relationship with the fan. First of all, like I said, there was no such thing as PayPal at the time. God, this makes me sound so fucking old. Everybody's gonna find <laughs> out how old I am. I'm sorry, guys. I'm old. Oh my god! Are, um, you, are you a gray muzzle? Are you? Past, I'm a gray muzzle. Are you past thirty already? Oh my god! No, gosh. I I'm not, <laughs> but I I might as well be. Um, I'm right there. I'm like right. Th- I'm at the the cusp of being a gray. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, no, I I my relationship with the furry fandom at the time was like I was putting out a lot of rock music on FA. Okay, already and, like going into the music area. Okay. Right. Well, I I grew up playing guitar. Like I loved playing guitar. I used to write rock music all the time. Like I did. I did see some of shit. your clips. Yeah, they were. Yeah, really sick. I yeah. tried putting it. Thank suit. you. Yeah, it was really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I tried uh, sharing that with everybody. But uh, as everybody knows, on FA, like only like ten people listen to music on FA, and then <laughs> everybody else just kind of clicks through the pictures. So. Yeah, I only met like I only knew like a handful of people who like really liked music, you know, mm-hmm. music furs or whatever. Um, I became close friends with them, but I didn't know too many people in the fandom at the time. So but I knew that FC was in town. Furcon is in San Jose and I grew up around San Jose. Mm-hmm. So I figured like, I'll just go. I'll just go show up and see what happens. And I went alone and going to a con alone is like the worst oh, shit no. ever. So yeah. I just fucking walk around and had no friends and fucking just kind of watched everything happen and then i was like this is uh fucking weird because <laughs> i don't know anybody uh and then i just left so that was that was oh, my no. first <laughs> so that was non-stop up fc but spoiler you're ago. still here <laughs> yeah. so what what was the draw what was still the connection there well, my one brain cell is too addicted <laughs> to furry art to leave, so I just okay. can't. <laughs> um, well, I tried that a few times. I went to FC like a few times fucking alone. Uh, I don't know why. Um, I just really, I really wanted to like experience it the way that I thought you're supposed to kind of thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you hear so many stories about like, oh, this changed my life or like, oh, like cons are the best thing ever and also i think i was trying to find a place where i could express the other parts of myself that i couldn't just like with my friends from high school or my family or whatever you know yeah. like being queer there was definitely into this kind of art way more breathing room right so i kept trying i tried a few times and then 
Um, it didn't work out, and I was pretty much uh, about to like stop trying to go because I had moved at that point, and it was no longer a thirty-minute drive, but a seven-hour drive. Oof. Um, but one of my friends who I got to know convinced me um, on a phone call to like give it one more shot, just try it one more time, and if you don't like it, I'll never ask you again. Just fucking <laughs> just try it one more time. I promise you. The worst thing that can happen is you'll be bored, right? Like true, true. the worst thing that can happen is you'll be bored and that's not a big deal. But the worst case scenario in skipping that is you miss out an opportunity of a lifetime. Like maybe you'll meet the one person, whatever kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, fuck it. Um, I got in a car. Um, this is a crazy story. Actually, the that year. Um, I needed a ride, right? I needed somebody to drive up to the con with because it's a seven hour drive. Yeah, it's a long time. And one of my friends I knew um, just said offhandedly, hey, like one of my friends could use a ride. His car broke down. He lives in LA, so you can just pick him up on the way. You two can drive up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even know who the fuck you're talking about. I'm going to drive with a stranger for seven hours, but mm-hmm. you know what? Fine, fuck it. Let's just Let's just do it. Um, drove out to LA and it turns out that his friend is Red Rusker. Oh gosh. So my first <laughs> real big con, I drove up to fucking San Jose, arguably one of the most popular furry artists ever. Um, and that was a crazy trip. Uh, but that con was so fucking good. That uh, was at FC? Yeah, I met people that like the best people in the world. Mm-hmm. I met my significant other there. I fucking it was as cliche as it sounds fucking life changing. So it's funny to say like this is like the last hurrah and if nothing comes of it, right? And it fucking happened. (laughs) It fucking happened. And and like Um, so that's where you knew like when you met these people, it's like oh, it's not it's not a phase, mom. You know, right? Then I (laughs) then I got it. I got I got the whole oh, this is why people spend thousands of dollars doing this shit this shit's fucking fun exactly this is awesome and so for like yeah for the thousands of dollars you'll sometimes see like fursuits go like freaking worth more than my car oh yeah um how did you get into suiting or like what was the fandom to you actually i, I kind of want to get a really like from scratch answer because okay for, um getting it from the online space that you did into mm-hmm. like seeing the culture for what it was at the cons mm-hmm. like did you think that suiting was necessarily a requirement or what do you think was like the? oh yeah here i i've been seeing like people talk about that kind of shit mm-hmm. um no i never felt that way i never felt that it was like a requirement i thought it was tight um okay. i always wanted one yeah but, just <laughs> um that shit at the time that shit was so unobtainable to me like Back when I started getting to furry, even commissioning art was fucking hard. There were only like fucking a handful of artists that were like considered to be like good artists, right? And mm-hmm. then like even trading money online was so difficult because PayPal had just become a thing or whatever, and like I didn't have that shit. So yeah, it wasn't as I never it's had art. Really, it's really hard to like, or it's really easy to take for granted all the services we have now. Oh actually. yeah, we have so many. There's like Cash App. There's fucking Venmo. Venmo. Um, um, obviously PayPal, PayPal, um, and even, even like, like the donation I, services like coffee and shit like that. Yeah. Coffee. Oh, coffee. Yeah. Coffee and Patreon. It's, it's freaking wild. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. more than ever, I feel like everyone has the power to really put their own voice out there and manage themselves and really be their own boss. Right. And yeah, 
that's like what blows my mind as an artist because I wouldn't personally have been an artist to this day without the fandom and without all these tools. Like it's mm-hmm. really crazy. Uh, so yeah, who is your maker? Actually, I don't think I've ever looked into that. I've it's only amazing. had him for like people think I've had him for forever. I only had him for I've had him for less than a year. I debuted him at BLFC last year, so like I haven't had it's him. Only forever. been a year. Yeah, but like as soon as you start posting content with it, I think like people just think you've you've had him forever. Yeah. But um, compared to how long I've been in the fandom and how long I've had him, like I've barely had him. Like he's I a baby just boy. Him. He's only he's a, a baby old. boy. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a suit birthday already, or is that a thing? Mm. <laughs> wow, I haven't thought about that. That's a good I've idea. Seen, yeah, I've seen some people like they um have a little cupcake or something and like, "Hey, I'm 2 years old." I'm like, "Oh my god." That's gosh. so cute. <laughs> That's adorable. Um, wow, I should do that. That's a really good idea. I should do that. Is your I'm just looking at your icon right now. Is that from Spoggles? It looks Yeah, really nice. oh, I love Spoggles. So nice. Shout out Spoggles. Gray, I love you. Yeah, freaking Oh, I want to meet that guy so much. Um, even my boyfriend, yeah, he got me a couple of his pieces and stuff from a few comments. Oh, it's oh. really nice. Yeah, they're they're a sweetheart and oh my gosh uh the so from like going up in the community like did you did you look at the other artists and think like how you wanted to like get your own art out there and what was like your your spread of like your music media like because uh, it's really hard um, like you mentioned it's like kind of a niche of a niche in the community as, yeah. a, as a musician as a musician i imagine yeah yes and yes and no so it depends on what you want um Mm -hmm. for me music i never limited to the fandom so my approach to being a successful musician was entirely in what i deemed was like the professional music space so it's like all these labels that are really like skrillex diplo yada 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 all these people like that's where my music went all my music work and stuff was it exists on another alias where i like communicated with these people these record labels and i got record deals did like work for different companies fucking played shows all that stuff outside the realm of the furry fandom Mm -hmm. like my my investment in furry and music has nothing to do with like being successful but it has more to do with like i want to meet more people i want to meet more people who do music i want to find other people that are trying to do music in that space. And like, if I do, uh, we can talk about it. You know, there's a lot of musicians in the fandom that are struggling to be heard or figure Mm -hmm. out how to make a living doing it. And, you know, like if, if I can talk to them, that'd be cool or whatever. But, um, trying to get exposure as an artist in the fandom. Yeah. I mean, aside from music, like I used to try to draw and that shit's so time consuming. (laughs) I kind of like it is my livelihood yeah <laughs> it's it takes fucking forever though <laughs> like fuck you would know right you like uh... this, you go through a sketching phase and then that's not that's not even it yet you have to like work on lining it and then after mm-hmm. that you have to color and you there... can't even just color it because you got to shade it and you got to render it it's fucking it takes forever to get one fucking thing yeah that's why it's totally a field of work and i saw this one meme about it where it's like oh here um this uh, artwork is like a hundred dollars it's like why should i pay you that much for this because it took me 10 years it takes to fucking do this forever exactly <laughs> it took me 10 it years takes of fucking dedication. forever yeah it's uh fuck that shit takes so long like um so i didn't really pursue that too heavily i just drew for fun Mm -hmm. um music i didn't really 
you know, I didn't care too much about like playing the cons and stuff. I really just wanted to be a successful musician professionally outside the fandom. And, and to, like, that to was kind of, kind of where all that went. To kind of poke you at like the kind of, I like thinking about like the, the inner workings or like the backgrounds of what people like to think about as success. And especially as like mm-hmm. a person who's like myself kind of going into all these fields from like YouTubing, doing art, doing commissions, all these separate kinds of uh-huh. like small businesses <clears throat> on the sides of my day job that I try to manage. And that's why in part like the that's kind of like the impetus for this podcast to learn from a bunch of different people. Um, mm. What What's like your kind of definition or like level of success that you deem it as? Oh, shit. Well, that totally depends <laughs> on the medium, I think. So in terms of. Oh, man, it really depends. There's there's the romantic answer where in terms of my design work, my illustrations, my typography, like Mm -hmm. in clothing design, success for me is like people liking something enough to put on their body and walk around to represent themselves and like in the public space. That's fucking crazy. I never thought that would be a thing. Super honorable. That's on one. Yeah, right. It's fucking like... You want my art on... on Right. Like in terms of like when I go outside, I think about what I look like, right? And then for me to challenge that with like, oh, I want to wear this, what this person made, that's a huge, for me, a huge honor. Mm -hmm. So um, success... Yeah, the, in, in terms of artistry, that for me, that's all it really requires, the fact that somebody wants to wear it. Or like for music, success would be, you know, people getting something personal out of hearing something that I write because I inject something personal into it. If somebody resonates with that enough to either be inspired to create something, inspired to feel a certain way, inspired to challenge their own pers- perspective, Mm-hmm. of whatever the song might be about that's a victory but in terms of success like as a store owner obviously like selling a lot of stuff like there is a being able to, side to it right i mean if i'm doing this for a living if you're doing this for a living it has to be part of that too there, mm-hmm. there's a level of success that is like how how long can i do this for and how well can i do this so that I can continue to make art my passion and art my life. I mean, you know, we can't ignore that. That side does exist. But in terms of creating things, just sheer creativity. Yeah. Like all I want is for people to enjoy it enough to get something personal out of it. Um, People to be happy because they have it or can hear it. If it's music, I guess. Um, or yeah i mean i guess that's really it that's all i really care about that's kind of yeah it's really interesting because in the in the end like for the artists i i I do kind of really feel with is that like the payout for the artist is like i'm also freaking doing what i love and right if it's well received then that's just more motivation and fuel to the fire right there exactly uh so like given all the stuff that you put out like how does I, i wouldn't have expected yeah like how you mentioned a therapist is something that you pursued um how does the like given all the type of content you make and your type of like my perceived energy of you is like really high uh yeah where (laughs) where ever die where does yeah exactly it's even one of your freaking your taglines um Mm -hmm. where does that motto kind of blend with your because when i think of therapists i'm like that's like really calm really relaxed right not 
not really like you know pushing yeah. anything too hard so what's oh, yeah. that duality like for you where where did you get into the therapy line or what is therapy i don't if you could even enlighten me right so i did a lot of work with um populations um that struggle with developmental disability or um families with children that struggle with developmental disabilities um things like that and yeah you know it it requires a lot of a lot of hmm, i i would say assertiveness you know you have to be strong-willed mm-hmm. you have to obviously you have to be calm um and i'm pretty good at doing that um how does that come into the picture? You said like the Dubai. Yeah, I guess it, it's kind of funny. Because like <laughs> it's that. like, oh, you're a rocker and you do all this <laughs> right. kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, and then you're going to have to sit on the couch and then we're going to talk about your feelings. You know? <laughs> that's, it, well, that's what I do. It's cliche. Just, oh, okay. It's it's true. Um, it depends though, you know, like if you're working with, if you're working with kids and shit, it, it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more high energy than just kind of sitting on the couch. I guess that is, you know, honestly, that is a lot of it. We're just kind of sitting and talking a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's a different kind of energy. I think it's not loud energy, but I think therapy takes a lot of high energy because it takes a high level of, of attention focus. and perception and focus and making sure that you're on top of everything, kind of maintaining eye contact all the time, redirecting what people are doing. Like if you're trying to help somebody with a behavior that they can't be having, it requires a lot of of attention to detail yeah um and it does require a lot of focus and resolve and resilience to be able to deal with things like people having uh an outburst or somebody having like a really particularly bad day you know it it can take a lot out of you and i think you know it it requires a high level of you have to have that energy on reserve you know Mm -hmm. because it's it can be really draining it can take a lot out of you. And so I in a in a pretty I guess in an ironic way, I think having a high level of energy really helps you be calmer for longer when you have to deal with um really stressful situations yeah. repeatedly. I can I can see how that would like kind of funnel into this kind of stamina you would have for that type of thing. Right. Health of that longevity. I guess that's a good that's a good word for it. You need a lot of stamina to be able to do that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, the, you know, funnily enough, um, just like on a personal note, um, I, I, I think I've developed the most too from, I listen to a ton of, uh, audiobooks and podcasts in particular. And mm. one of the things that I've often listened to, like stepping into like the, the therapy realm or something, um, for myself to develop, like kind of retrospectively internally was listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson. Mm. And I don't know if you're familiar with that guy, but he's kind of, um he helps like a lot of people orient their way in articulating like the way that we sometimes feel in these all all these different situations and i just wanted to ask you like straight from the horse's mouth is that sort of the goal of therapy to sort of like give you direction or um right well i think in terms of like social disabilities or social problems the goal for me as a therapist is to help guide or teach someone away from behaviors or thought processes or certain things that would damage their social life Mm -hmm. or you know just like kind of fuck with their 
yeah, I guess their social life is mostly kind of that's that was the realm that I went into. There's other kinds of therapy um, that are more in depth with different kinds of topics. Yeah. But um, the the bottom line in terms of like social disabilities or development disabilities that affect your social life is. Yeah, it's it's kind of doing a lot of really in-depth personal kind of behavior redirection or a lot of talk therapy about trying to prevent people from doing things that might damage their social well-being. So things that might hurt other people uh, if they don't realize it, uh, things like that. That's really um, cool because I think like a lot of the ex expertise would help in the fandom because I find out a lot of people actually do have a lot of anxiety or... Yeah, it's hard. It's t Yeah, it's really overwhelming at times too, especially yeah. for cons. Um, oh yeah and are crazy is that where like you kind of got like the merch idea from you like the depressed but well-dressed <laughs> like is that where the emotional side is tied into um yeah i i mean not all my merch is is kind of themed after something like <laughs> i mean you like have a sticker health. that just says fuck them <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i mean that's kind of my personal like uh the fuck them hat and sticker were just uh I, I have a huge thing for I, I have a really huge thing for not compromising with yourself because of society or the community you're you're part of kind of looking down at you like I no. grew up I mm. grew up POC I grew up queer mm -hmm. um, everybody around me was kind of telling me in indirect or direct ways that what I was doing was wrong being a musician was a waste of time um you know anything like that all the time so, so i no am very used to i'm very used to the idea of having to say fuck them <laughs> okay so that's the mindset behind it so like no compromise is kind of like um not really being like rage against the machine kind of thing yes like exactly yeah so i'm not gonna fall in line i'm not gonna no. not be myself in another way no. i don't believe in I don't believe in compromise as far as it extends to not hurting other people. Exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't I believe totally agree in with that. artistic compromise. I think you should always maintain your lane and like carve your own path. I don't believe in pandering. I believe yes. in being your best and loudest self because as long as you're doing that, you're always going to be in first place. If you're going to compromise and, you know, follow suit or, have to you know kind of cave to like criticism in regards to something like i said something that doesn't hurt people obviously like if you're doing something that bothers someone you have to cooperate and you, that's just yeah you're an asshole if you're hurting people yeah but, exactly um, aside um, from that like i don't believe in compromising about much about your identity i don't think anybody should have to do that so you know fuck them. okay i got <laughs> i know that's beautifully put <laughs> you're a gentleman and a scholar um, <laughs> The, I mean, I guess I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm very wary sometimes about talking about things that may even be political, but kind of going with the, that attitude, like, um, I don't have any preference or anything, but when, when you see people on timelines and feeds, I just want to kind of get your commentary on this when they're supporting one way or the other. How do you perceive that? Do you, do you just let them do what they do or I don't mean to sound like anybody should police anybody, but when right. opinions are very strong, how do you how do you kind of interact with that? 
I think it depends on the nature of the opinion. I think mm -hmm. that some people have opinions that maybe, maybe unbeknownst to them, maybe it doesn't come from a place of malice, but I think inadvertently aren't just opinions, right? There, there are people that have what they call are opinions that actually aren't just opinions. They actually perpetuate the marginalization of communities of people. Mm -hmm. They actually encourage things like racism. They encourage things like misogyny. I think that those, quote, opinions, unquote, aren't just opinions. I think voicing a, anything from a platform yes. that can lead to harming people emotionally, fucking physically, um, comfortably, any of that shit isn't just an opinion anymore. You are spreading an agenda or being part of an agenda that actually hurts people. And yeah. in that sense, those things need to be um, called out or I don't know rectified. about called out, but they have to be opposed. Right. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe in something like that, you should speak up about it. I'm not saying you should attack anybody yes, because yes. I don't think that's really proactive a lot of the time. I totally but agree. Yeah. You, you got to say something. I think everybody has the obligation to do that for the people around them. I think... There's a difference in voicing an opinion about, you know, I like pineapple on pizza. Fuck you, don't. <laughs> Compared to like wanting to vote for a certain politician, that that's not an opinion anymore, right? Because it's... your your actions are gonna affect the lives of other people. Now it's mm -hmm. not an opinion. You that's know, true. whatever the fuck pizza you get is whatever the fuck pizza you eat, and <laughs> that's all it's it goes as far opinion. as. Yeah, it's it's just it's just gonna affect your life. I don't have your digestion system. I don't have your fucking... I'm not going to know how the fuck you feel after you eat the fucking pizza. But who you vote for affects my fucking life and the lives of people around me and the policies that they enact are going to affect my life or, and it might hurt my friends. It might hurt people I know with medical conditions, shit like that. So it's not just an opinion in that sense, you know? And I think when it comes to things like that, you should absolutely confront those things with um some level of opposition in a way that can help us all get to where we need to be i think that's super fair and yeah really well put because like even if it's a super drastic opinion things that might start you know a lot of stirs um mm -hmm. coming i like how you said uh coming from a place of like understanding because they may have like misinformation and you're not right. just going to attack somebody just because they set you off in a way, but you want right. to I mean, kind of, you understand. know, some people are, some people set out just to fucking hurt people on purpose. And I guess like in that case, you know, like it's fine, but like, I don't think a lot of people or I wouldn't even say most people are trying to hurt people. I think a lot of people just have been, have been raised by people or in situations or in environments where they learned certain mm -hmm. things and that's not necessarily the fault of many people you know if and you know it's crazy to me because i have a lot of friends that actually come from the south and right. they're in the fandom which mm. is yeah hugely lgbtq and mm. Like, seeing that kind of breakout, like, kind of shows the power of, like, what it's like to feel accepted and to have right. this platform that's just so welcoming. Because um, it's, like, 
well, it's still around, and yeah. it's only like I can't, I can't help but feel it's only maturing and getting even better. Yeah, um, I think the fandom's getting better every day. Is, do you have any qualms about like, oh no, it's not mainstream? It's I mean, no, it is nah, mainstream. I don't, give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about that. I think as long as we keep it as weird as it is. I don't want I don't yeah, want um keep it us weird. to start feeling like we have to pander to mainstream media because we're in the spotlight now. I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole the whole point of this is to be your purest self. But I don't want to condense that down into like what's marketable. I don't think that's ever the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get a fuck if we're popular. That's fucking that's tight because if it was more popular, the more queer kids who are trying to find out who the fuck they are. That was like where I was when I was a teenager are going to hear about it and then they're going to fucking turn up and they're going to learn more about themselves and they're going to fucking figure out what fucking cartoon character they have a crush on really fast and then they're (laughs) going to make their persona and it's going to be fucking sick and who knows maybe they'll get into art and they'll be like the next fucking big artist and change their fucking life Uh, like the more popular the fandom is the better it is for everybody we just yeah, have an again, obligation like not to bring everybody else up right we just have an obligation i think to not let that affect um our disposition of like being as weird as fucking possible we're fucking already there we just can't lose sight of the fact that this is for us and not anybody else um kind of juxtaposed now like with everybody being you know kind of isolated and like given how deeply like tact tactile i would say all furries are um a lot of people are really tight-knit and coming you know thousands of miles from everywhere uh what do you think like um should how should people interact like what even when this kind of it seems like we're reaching a near like climax of the curve for this kind of pandemic and i still don't know how even my own personal work is going to handle when everybody starts mixing and stuff later um what do you see like the cons doing um even blfc will you be attending because it wasn't it wasn't canceled it was postponed right i have i mean i still have my room um fuck man i i hope i hope it's responsible to go at that time i think that Mm -hmm. if it's not then obviously the conventions have a moral obligation not to host these events I understand that they, they're not always at liberty to do this because of insurance reasons. They have to wait until it's legally canceled, right? Mm-hmm. Or they'll lose a shitload of money. I know that, I forget what con it was, but they they canceled ahead of time or something and now they're never going to have another one because canceling a contract like that is like $300,000 worth of debt. Yeah, um, I heard it was close to half a million, yeah. Yeah, some, fuck, some fucked up shit like that. So I get it, they, you know, they can't just cancel. Um, what are we going to do? Yeah, I mean, it seems like at this point, cons are pretty much done for the year, aside from BLFC and whatever mm-hmm. happened after October. Technically, I... maybe MFF. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I fucking hope, man. I fucking hope that somehow it's, like I said, responsible to go. Yeah. Because you know? if it's not responsible to go, I think either cons have an easier way of canceling or we all responsibly don't attend yeah i um, i just think it's gonna be kind of interesting when like we're all slowly opening our doors to the sunlight yeah and it's sort gonna of be like... i mean it's hard to tell because it's so <laughs> it's fucking april right now it's it's been a um, long time yeah and it's gonna be like we're talking about october 
that's fucking what six months Mm -hmm. six months i've never spent i've never spent that long you know social distancing like i don't i have no idea what it's gonna be like but i think i think the focus this year is going to be focusing and identifying ways for us to feel a sense of community in the virtual space i think a lot of new things are going to start happening online Mm -hmm. Um, i think a lot of people are going to start dabbling with new ways of reaching people so you're going to see a lot of artists um trying new things with streaming or trying new things like hosting online events maybe Um, it's like a a lot of people are going to get into shit like vr yeah oh Um, yeah that's really cool i love vr chat yeah there's going to be a lot of you're going to see, I think we're going to see like a lot of different platforms for this kind of shit. Cause right now it's like what there's like VR chat and like, you know, there's the Minecraft shit that we talked about. And maybe it's like a really like kind of like the second renaissance that I, now that I think about it, like it's the opportunity to, yeah, develop a lot of online resources and maybe see another like huge art boom. <laughs> right. I, I think that's, uh, yeah, things are going to be pretty crazy this year. I, I'm pretty excited to see like, where the ingenuity goes in regards to like how we can maintain a sense of belonging and community without actually being able to see each other. Cause it's going to mm. be fucking hard. Like, yeah. I, I think the mental health repercussions of being isolated for that long are really scary. Um, and if we don't take care of each other, you know, we can all, we can all be like a pretty serious emotional health risk, I think. Yeah. I saw... So I think trying to figure that out is going to be people's top priority, you know? And if it's people's top priority, like I think, I have faith that we'll figure out ways to get through it. Yeah, I, I, I totally see that happening. And it's funny, I saw some memes about like, ha, as an introverted artist, I've been preparing for this my whole mm. life. And, <laughs> you know, right. it's not. It's um, some people are doing well. Some people are thriving. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for like thriving. a lot of extroverted people, I imagine it's really tough too. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm... <laughs> as surprising as it might sound what's up i am a well-versed introvert well-versed introvert i Hmm. love staying home dude like that sounds crazy because i travel so much i love to travel but like Mm -hmm. fuck when i'm home dude i just love staying in my room and i just lounge around in my underwear playing music or working on a design or in photoshop just like days (laughs) like i just kind of hole up so this isn't too this isn't too crazy for me. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of vibing. The, um, so what's like kind of the, the direction for nonstop pup in, in these times? Like if you want to kind of give people a current kind of schedule, I mean, it's really hectic. I know, but like, right. what's the church? God, it was going to that... be so crazy. I had so many plans this year that I had to cancel. So, so yeah. Um, right now I'm working on a huge, huge, huge charity project that will exist oh. on the internet. Um, that's going to happen real fucking soon, actually. Nobody knows about it yet. Or okay. some people know about it. Um, well, I can totally... That. Yeah, I can totally link that later when this episode goes out. Hell yeah. When is this coming out? Um, so generally, like, uh, for these podcasts, w- the day I record it um, is also oh. the day I'll be getting to the art for it. So I'd like to have your ref sometime. What? Um, yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, you're going to draw me? Yeah, oh, so for so every awesome. that's the part that I like not to get too meta, but like that's the part that I love about the podcast because it's also a kind of excuse that I can use to draw people's sonas and stuff. So 
um we can like yes. you need an excuse people will be dying for that are you kidding me <laughs> thank you your art is so good um I'm so, oh wow they came from non-stop oh. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was commenting on your comic and shit. I was like, oh my god, I'm crushing on these characters. Oh yeah, thanks. Oh no, I really appreciate that. So yeah, I'm juggling that too. So um, but the day that I record this, so I'll be like tightening it up. Um, I'll be doing some EQ work, and uh, when I have this all nice cut and finished with a bow tie, uh, I'll get the art together so I can do the custom thumbnail, post it to YouTube, and it should be up within a, no more than like a day or two if I have everything going well today. That's awesome. Wow, that's fucking fast. Holy shit. I was expecting like a <laughs> month or something. Uh, God no, damn. I, I got to stick to a weekly routine. I got a Patreon that I got I to gotta upkeep, man. Weekly? You do these weekly? <laughs> yeah. I have another you one. You do these up. podcasts yeah. weekly? Yeah. And Who's I, next? Um, I have... Okay, fine. Uh, I do have a little teaser. Um, if you know Zephix, he is another furry artist. He will be on the next episode of Tree Bark number 12. Whoa. Um, cool. Who was before me? Um, before you was 10 oh he was a personal so i do both furry interviews and furry creator interviews this will be a creator interview um because creator naturally and uh i do other a mix of my other personal friends lewis he was he's a goat demon and they also get into the mix and i love interviewing my friends and stuff like that um and i'm so glad this is a creator interview (laughs) yeah i'm so glad that it's that and it's not like Hey, nonstop! I know you drink a lot of vodka, and like you're just like part. Like I, yeah, I'm glad that this is from the perspective. Do you party of like, nonstop? Oh my god! Oh my god! Do you drink alcohol? I didn't. I didn't know. Fuck. That. Yeah. I mean, duh. Do you but, smoke uh... weed? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm glad this is coming the... from that perspective. Yeah, because when I really like get into the whole reason for starting this podcast is because like everyone's got a story and i i'm just like starving for that kind of content i don't see a whole lot of other furry creators doing that um Mm -hmm. quick shout out to a couple of podcasts though like furry podcasts they um there's south paws if you haven't heard of them they're really cool and also furcast i really love talking to paradox and stuff they're really awesome people cool that's awesome um but yeah so i gotta keep up my comic page weekly uh youtube weekly, content dude, weekly that's and insane podcast. how do you do this shit <laughs> uh and slowly... you have like another job too and day job yeah uh <laughs> slowly dying inside that's how <laughs> but no it's <laughs> that's all crazy it's all worth it because you know when it's just like you know when you know like when somebody says like wow i want to wear yeah. your i mean it sweater. pays off it pays off yeah it's just super lovely and that's what i love about the community because it's reciprocal like you put a little out and you get so much love for it yeah Um, do you ever feel like uh (laughs) like hawaii so far do you ever feel like you're like really far from like the furry mainland you know what i've never been asked that yet but it's you kind of like the first place my brain goes like because i know people that live in alaska and shit and like that's got to be hard um the main thing if anything like what you just asked me was uh yeah it was really it's the i think about that every so often and i think that's what gives me more fuel like you know right. what if i'm isolated i'm gonna put out even more stuff that i can connect with more people right because i won't let even paradox talk to me about this before and it's like he won't let geography stop him from right, right, getting right. to you know share more fun with people yeah um so yeah <laughs> thanks for asking I mean, it's definitely paying <laughs> off yeah i mean i'm i'm curious too um but, but uh, anyway what was it? you huh? asked what, what i was doing this year i don't yeah, fucking know i mean <laughs> same same <laughs> i just have um, my little schedule that but beyond yeah. like 
beyond engaging with more people i just know it's been really tough to do more collabs maybe yeah or gig work gig work like what um I mean, well, as a musician, you, I, I think, well, when I think of a gig work, like, you know, like a singer. Oh, you're talking about like, me. I thought you were talking about you. Oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm back to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I had, I had shows lined up. I had to cancel all of them. I had a tour. Oh my God, this is crazy. I was going to go on tour in China. Obviously that's oh. not going to happen. Oh. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It'll happen at some point, mm-hmm. but, um, all the cons I had planned, um, putting on hold, but since I can't do anything in the real world, like physical social space, like attending these things and meeting these people performing in person and whatnot, mm-hmm. just been really focusing all my time in my creative projects on my own. So like the music I'm trying to write, the album I'm working on, um, the clothing designs I can possibly create, um, the store, obviously, um, shipping out all these orders yada 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 just just working as hard as i can on that kind of thing that's really cool to hear and yeah it's a lot of internal development anything that you can really push on your own right now at least there's Um, a few things there's a few things i'm working on to give to the fandom in terms of event wise mm. um, that everybody can attend on the internet so that's my way of kind of giving back this year actually yeah a lot of that no better time to like wrap this up um what would be some of the last plugs that you'd like to let uh your fans your friends know or anything about those events or anything else that you have planned (laughs) not to Um, throw you in the spotlight all i'll say is there's going to be some very very big news coming really fucking soon probably on my twitter okay um i would say put notifications on my twitter but like then you're gonna see a lot of bullshit that I tweet in between. So just, just uh, pay attention. I am a <laughs> Keep it's it, good. keep it locked on it's the Twitter. Good and um, thank you. Go check um, out nonstop pup guys. I go link all of his, all of his information below. Um, so if you want dank memes and if you want oh high Lord. quality nonstop pup <laughs> energy, check him out. <laughs> this has been tree bark. So thank you very much. <laughs>